welcome back to another episode of shamelessly unapologetic so this week i am back with a guest it's been a while since i've had a guest i'm still trying to figure out more guests for my show since i'm not gonna lie i've sort of been running out of topics to talk about with guests so seriously if there is somebody you want me to chat with on the podcast that is reasonable to get in touch with please do let me know so I can have them on and we can chat about things that we're unapologetic for but in this week's episode I had the wonderful pleasure of bringing on Rebecca Schwartz who is from the Dating in the Bay podcast we will talk more about her podcast in the episode but I've been wanting to talk to Rebecca for such a long time. I followed her account a couple of years ago because she was all about being single and dating in the Bay Area. And I was like, hi, that's me. That's my brand. Nice to see another creator having an Instagram account about this. And I remember it was just solely an Instagram account. And then it eventually turned into a podcast. So in this episode, Rebecca and I are going to be talking about all things that we are unapologetic for, and that is being single. We talk a lot about our experiences dating in the Bay Area, our journeys about being single, and many more. It's a good episode. I'm excited for you to listen. So let's go ahead and jump into this interview with Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Oh, my God. Welcome to Shamelessly Unapologetic. I'm so excited to have you. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. So I want to introduce you to Rebecca Schwartz. She has her own podcast called Dating in the Bay, and I will let you um, share more about that in just a second, Rebecca. But basically, with this episode, Rebecca and I are going to be talking more about what it's like to kind of openly share about our dating lives and being single publicly online, sharing all of our ups and downs. Um, Rebecca, why don't you go ahead and introduce us um, to yourself? Just tell us a little bit more about you and anything else that you want to share. Yeah. Um, well, I'm living in San Francisco, 33, <laughs> single, and started dating in the Bay last year uh, when I was unemployed and finding myself with so much time during quarantine. And I was like, why not just record a podcast and talk about all the ups and downs of dating, like you said. And it's kind of evolved into a lot more than I initially thought it would be. And so now I kind of bring in different coaches, experts, and then, um, I don't know, just like random people who I find on Instagram who I think would be interesting that people might want to hear about. And yeah, just like giving people tools and like different tangible things they can work on. Um, and also just like sharing them in my own journey. <laughs> I had a question. So you mentioned that it evolved after you had initially started. So what was your goal with the podcast before it, it, it evolved and you started bringing on dating coaches and experts? Yeah. So initially, so pre-pandemic, I was going to start a podcast with a friend and then we were our kind of vision was like, oh, we'll just like drink wine and talk about like our dating lives, kind of just like people can like eavesdrop on our conversations. And then she moved away. And that's when I had like about six or seven months to kind of figure out how I wanted to do it on my own. But I figured like, I can't just talk about my own dating life. Just, you know, I mean, I could, I guess, but I thought it'd be kind of cool to give people different like tools. And especially when everybody was, you know, stuck at home, I thought, Oh, what if I could just bring in different experts and different people who could share different um, aspects of how we can improve our situation versus like complaining about it all the time. Cause yeah, I find like it's a delicate balance. Like I definitely like joking around about it, but I don't want to be like too negative about it either. So um, striking that balance. And I find humor is kind of the easiest way to go about that. Oh, I totally agree. That's kind of what I try to do with my YouTube channel. So 
I think for me, I, well, first I started my YouTube channel doing beauty videos. And then when I realized what a fail that was, and it was all over the place, I was uploading things more than just beauty. And I had actually taken this boot camp to help me more with my YouTube channel. So then I re-niched and I wanted to focus more on like being single in San Francisco. And I think I ended up making more videos about being single and dating and me just being like this single girl navigating life and dating in San Francisco. But a lot of the dating and single girl videos weren't doing as well, but the San Francisco videos were. So then in 2020, right before the pandemic started, I kind of made a switch. So I did more SF videos. And then once a month, I focused more on the dating videos and was able to, you know, combine the two niches from time to time where I would make videos, just nothing about dating in San Francisco. And those actually did well. So once I figured out that's how I wanted to do it, that is when people actually started coming to me and I was getting that proper target audience that I was looking for. A lot of single people who are just trying to navigate life and dating in a big city, whether it's San Francisco. Now I'm in Portland since I had to leave San Francisco because I was severely affected by the pandemic. I was laid off from two jobs in 2020 mm. and I just couldn't fucking do it anymore. I was poor. I was living off my unemployment and I was struggling and I was like, I can't afford to live here anymore, which sucked because I was there for four years and yeah. oh, I loved it so much. But I will say Portland has been treating me well so far and it feels just like the Bay Area. So that's really reassuring and comforting. But yeah, basically once I made that switch, then people started really getting value out of the dating content. And yeah, that's literally like my brand is still like just being single. From time to time, I post content about my experiences or thoughts about being single on my Instagram. I've been very wishy-washy on Instagram lately. It's funny. I just posted something yesterday about how I'm so burnt out from posting seven days a week on my platform because I used to be very consistent. Now I'm not as consistent anymore. And I haven't found myself posting things about being single as much, but from time to time, if there's something I want to talk about, I'll make sure that I can get a picture up with a caption. I think the last thing that I talked about being single was actually from one of your episodes when you interviewed that woman who had the problem with her sorority. And oh, yes, 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 yes. That whole pick me behavior. Blech. Yeah, actually, my episode coming out this week is all about how to not how to not have that pick me mentality. Oh, like that's to, amazing. Yeah. So it's that's like a sequel. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, I look forward to that episode because I can't stand that pick me movement. It's horrible. And yeah. it's, it's single shames women and even men sometimes just all, ugh, yeah. Anyway. So great. Um, I figured what we could go ahead and do now is transition a little bit more into our journeys about being single. And I'm sure we have lots of stories to share about our struggles and what being single has taught us. Um, I'll, I'll let you go first at that time with you. Yeah, um, I guess initially, so I got out of an almost five-year relationship, like right before my 30th birthday, I had this like kind of existential crisis, like, oh no, I'm about to turn 30. My life is like, I feel like now I can see mortality. I'm like, I don't know, just felt like this weird uh, pivotal moment. And then my initial kind of like, like experience, I guess, dating was, you know, you don't know where anybody, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing at first time on the apps ever, um, you know, just flailing around and I was a little sensitive soul and mm -hmm. you know, took everything super seriously. I would, yeah. you know, if somebody didn't respond, I would cry. And like, if I went on a, go a date and I liked the person and they didn't like they ghosted or whatever, I, it was just like, everything would hit so hard. And I was just like, this is, you know, not sustainable and just not enjoyable. And so then I kind of had this flip where 
I was like, I need to actually have fun. I need to enjoy this process. I need to like have a complete mindset shift. And that's really how like the past um, two, 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 three years, um, I basically done like a complete 180 or whatever, whatever the backwards one would be. Um, and kind of just shifted like how I show up. And like, it's basically just me having as best, like as good of a time as I possibly can. And um, it's really shifted how I show up on dates and I don't take everything so seriously. Like everything's kind of more comical to me. And like, that's allowed me to go on dates with like a clown and a comedian. And I went out with a hillbilly guy last week and- Oh, wonderful. Just, just like so many just ridiculous stories and I'm able to not take it so seriously and uh, just like enjoy it a lot more. Cause before I was definitely not having a good time at all. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind me asking, why did your uh, last relationship end? I mean, I think it had already kind of gone past the expiration date in general, and we had moved from the East Coast here. So I kind of felt, I felt kind of more responsible, I guess, that since we had lived together, it's a lot harder to break up once you live with somebody, I think. And so, yeah, it just, we, it was becoming clear that like, we were not going to get married. There was like no kind of future. And so that was, it was kind of like a long time coming. So mm. it was which is also kind of one of my fears too. Now I'm like, oh, I never want to be in that situation where I'm just like stuck in something. Yeah. So I think I've kind of gone to like the other extreme now. I was going to ask, so it sounds like you've been single for three years then. You said it would happen right when you were 30 and you and you mentioned you're earlier, you're 33. Yeah. So almost three and a half years. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's a decent amount of time to be single. So are you looking for a relationship again? What is kind of like your intentions behind dating now? Yeah. I mean, so like when I say I'm single, like I've been in like lots of random, you know, two to three month things like in between, you know, um, I feel like when people always say that they're single, it's like no one's ever like actually a hundred percent single per yeah. se. It's like you're always dating and kind of go. So it's always like a, such a, an ambiguous world to navigate. Um, I think, I don't know. I'm, it's kind of hard. Like I was doing a podcast episode a couple of weeks ago with this guy and he was saying like, oh, I don't know how I could be in a relationship right now. Like, it just seems like I kind of, you know, and I was like, oh, it's kind of interesting because I never thought about like, oh, I don't know if I even have space right now for somebody else. Um, or I'm kind of just scared what it would be like to be in a relationship at this point, just because it's been so long. And yeah. I, and I've gotten into such a groove and like, I feel like the podcast is like, you know, I don't know, I feel like there's so much going on with that. And I don't know. I mean, I definitely want to find somebody in the long run, but I feel like also there's a lot of pressure to say like, I want to go find a boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, so I asked because I've been single for around nine and a half years. So I am very much ready for a relationship again. I have definitely had a lot of personal growth and a lot of places in my life where I've learned from a lot of things when it came to dating. And it's helped me become more emotionally available. So I sadly have only had one boyfriend in my life. And it was when I was at a very young age. So we dated for a little over two years. We broke up the end of my freshman year or the summer after our freshman year of college. And so we basically got together after being prom dates in junior, our junior year of high school. And so a week after prom, we went on one date and then we decided we're going to make it official, which is really quick. But then again, when you're teenagers, it's just so much different because you just don't have that concept of like dating. You're navigating it a lot differently that, than you would when you're an adult. And so our relationship was very immature. We were really young. I mean, we definitely loved each other. We got to experience that. But looking back on it now, I kind of cringe on my relationship and just how we were as a couple. 
and I don't think our relationship was ever toxic. I mean, we did treat each other right, but our breakup was definitely very toxic. And he wrote a bunch of letters to himself that he ended up sending to me explaining like why he broke up with me. And I think the reasons were is that he felt like he was never really attracted to me. He kind of settled on me because I was the first person who ever showed interest in him. And all of that really hurt to hear. Imagine spending two years of your time with someone only to find out that it was kind of like built on a lie. Mm -hmm. And I actually read those letters in a video back in 2018 when I was, you know, doing the single girl content. And it gave a really good explanation as to why my ex broke up with me. And he said like a lot of crappy things about me that didn't make me feel very good at the time. And of course, when I look back on it now, when I was reading it, I was like making fun of it and showing how that stuff doesn't bother me anymore and how much I've grown and learned and moved on as a person because I got to experience dating people all throughout my 20s. I'm 29 now, so I'm going to be 30 at the end of this year, which is crazy in itself. But yeah, so I just simply wanted to just learn and I was really desperate for a boyfriend. Like there was a part in my life where I really hated being single. I think after I left grad school and I moved to San Francisco, San Francisco is where I started to like become more comfortable with being single. And that was when I started to figure out myself, how to find myself, who I am as a person. I developed a lot more confidence and I didn't have any of that in college or grad school. I think my relationship breakup really kind of damaged me in some kinds of ways, but I definitely tried to get into relationships months after my other relationship ended. And I had no business doing that because I was definitely not emotionally available. I was still trying to deal with this breakup. I mean, I was 19 at the time. I was very immature. I just, I didn't know how to handle that kind of rejection at all. And it also affected how I was going to date throughout college and grad school. I still hadn't unlearned how to just like be more mature and deal with like rejection and how to handle breakups more often and like how to act and behave around men and be respectful and be considerate because I definitely didn't do that. And it wasn't until when I moved to San Francisco that I learned how to be more patient. I learned how to be more understanding. I also learned what are the real red flags. And I've also learned on like what I don't want in a partner. And mm -hmm. I've learned how to not be blinded by somebody else because when I was really young in my early 20s, I was very blinded by a bunch of guys and would make excuses for them. We all do that. I still do. It's hard to unlearn that kind of stuff, especially like, yeah, it's a tricky thing. Like once you like somebody, you'll kind of, it's easy to be like, oh, they didn't mean that or, you know, justify things that you wouldn't normally justify. Right. Yeah. And so I'm glad that I was able to kind of grow and realize I have the control of who I want to date. Um, I wanted to know what are some of the biggest struggles you've kind of encountered while dating since you've been single for around three years now? Ooh, um, I think honestly, most of it is, what's, well, it's if I don't, if I go on a date and I don't like the person, it's like I can pinpoint every, you know, I could be like, oh, they did that. They did that. I didn't like that. But if I like them, I'm kind of just like what you were saying before, like I'll kind of, 
I'm not able to see the glaring red flags, but I can see it so clearly when I don't like a person. And so that kind of blind spot, I think is something that I've been trying to work on where it's like, I just need to kind of not wear rose colored glasses all the time when I yeah. do like, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, the biggest, most of the challenges have just been internal, I think, where it's kind of just, I have to, I've been like trying to just pump myself up a lot more and that kind of has like helped a lot. So half a journey is just getting, you know, getting to like on the track or like, you know, getting on the, or field, some sports metaphor could be there. Um, but it's like, if you're not even in the game, then you can't even like play. So basically trying to get myself all the way on the field. And then, um, and like, now I think it's like, it's been interesting because I've been going on more dates and uh, I really can't do any more virtual dates. So it's yeah. like I hit, I hit the wall. So now I've been taking, Same. it's like more of a risk though, because then you're going and you really don't know. It's like back in the old days when you, it's very hit or miss. And I think now people have been in solitary confinement for like a whole year. So uh, the dates are more, a little more risky of hit or miss, more missing. Yeah. Less hitting. Yeah. Dating in the beginning of the pandemic was such a challenge. I think for me, I was so bored and so horny and it's like these restrictions on having to stay at home just made me want to break these rules even more to like go out and find somebody because not that I was necessarily lonely but and I tried to like tell myself just because you're single doesn't mean you have to be lonely like I had to really change that mindset and to empower myself that being single is okay but there was just something about that pandemic that really made me want to have somebody or like some sort of companion to make that quarantine a lot easier. And I did find somebody for at least two months of my time in the beginning of the pandemic from March to the end of May of last year. And I ended up getting pretty hurt from that. And um, part of that was on me because I didn't ask this person what their intentions were. And I didn't find out until the first date. And I thought to myself, well, maybe I could let this be casual. Basically, he told me, hey, I had only been single for three months. He was divorced, but he was he didn't get he separated with his partner in 2018. And then he ended up finding somebody else that he dated for like a year and a half after that. And the divorce didn't even get finalized until April of last year. Like he had moved on from his ex-wife, but it's the fact that he found somebody else so quickly after and then had a long-term relationship because he said his marriage ended because it was an open marriage. And then he decided, or him and his ex-wife decided that we have both found other people that we think are just better for us. So that's why they separated. And they ended it on a very healthy, on a very healthy terms, but I didn't see it as a red flag at first because I thought, well, as I'm kind of getting older, you know, I'm going to run into men who are divorced and that's okay. But I think because he had ended something super too soon, it was different. I didn't see that red flag at first, but I thought, okay, well, I could do something casual. And I realized like, I'm a Scorpio. We don't handle casual relationships very well. We want relationships. (laughs) That's just how we are. And I think I got very hurt because I really wanted to tell myself that I could do a casual relationship. And we agreed that this is what it was going to be. And then two months into the relationship, he said he wasn't feeling a connection and that hurt because it's like, how do you not know if you feel a connection after two months? And it's one thing if it's like maybe a couple of weeks in, 
but two months, I got very hurt by that. It took me about like a month to kind of move on from that because I really got attached. And that's kind of where I changed my mentality. It's like, I'm only going to go out on dates with men who at least want a serious relationship or they're ready for one. And I had to basically make my intentions clear on my dating app. So I wasn't wasting anybody's time and they weren't going to waste my time. I think that's like a big struggle for me when it came to dating, um, not just through like in the Bay Area, but in college or in grad school. I never asked people what their intentions were when they wanted to start things with me. And I'm so glad that I've been able to try to like normalize that. And I've been sharing that to my audience as much as I can. So my target audience doesn't get hurt when they go on dates with people and they're looking for a relationship only to find out that the person that they've been talking to doesn't want the same thing. That was always the biggest struggle for me was to find somebody who was on the same page as me. It's always so tricky though, because I mean, so many of my friends are dating people that they, the guys, I remember like a couple of people who I know who got married from college, like they were like, we're never going to get married. This is just a fling. Like I introduced a couple where they like slept together the first night and it was like a one night stand. They're married now and they have a kid. Yeah. So like, there's so many things. It's so hard to know. Like that's why it's kind of, even when guys say that they want casual things on the apps, I don't take it that so seriously because nobody knows what they're like. The same with that, I don't know what I'm looking for. Like if I found somebody that I was really excited about and they're excited about me, I would be down. But like, I'm not like, probably the same for you. Like if you wouldn't want, you're not just like going to take anybody who comes along. Right. No. So here's the thing. I do believe that there are exceptions to every role. Right. But I think it's like, I'm looking for people who know what they want in life. Like I want to be with somebody who wants marriage, who wants kids. Like I, that's what I am dating for. I want a family and I want to make that very clear. Now I know it's not going to work out with every single guy. Like just because a guy says, Hey, I'm also looking for a relationship. Marriage is something that I want for my future. Obviously that doesn't mean we're going to be a good match. We have to make sure that there's chemistry. There's a connection. We're going to get along because yeah, then that would be settling. Right. So obviously we need to test the waters to make sure that we are right for each other. And you're not going to like everyone that you meet, even if you're on the same page with them, it's okay. I, and I, yeah, there are exceptions, but I at least want to be going on dates with people who at least have that mentality of they want a serious relationship they want marriage, they want kids. This is something that really excites them. And that's kind of what I mean. And of course, minds can change. But I think if someone says like, oh, I'm not looking for anything serious, it really just means like they didn't have that connection with you. And I've just kind of really pushed guys to just be more honest with me. Like there was this one time where I matched with a guy on Hinge. And before I had matched with him, I said, hey, what are your intentions? on this app. And basically he told me he was just looking for sex. And I said, Hey, you know, I appreciate your honesty so much, but I actually just want something a little bit more than that. And he was like, Oh my God, I would have led you on. Um, well, best of luck to you. Finding love in the Bay area is really hard. I mean, he was really cool that I like blew him off like that, but <laughs> I mean, it's like, good I though. yeah, it's good to, as long as you can just get one more out of the way, the easier. Yeah. So that's why I ask. And that's why I try to date with intentions of somebody who wants to get married. But yeah. obviously, I'm not gonna, again, not settle on somebody just because they want the same thing that I do. And I do believe there are exceptions to every rule where some people do start off casually, and then they do decide to change their mind. And they're like, fuck, I actually want a relationship with this person because the connection's a lot stronger than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, that a couple of weeks ago, I matched with this guy on Bumble. And 
I said, hi. And he said, hi. And he's like, can I be honest with you? Or no, what did he say? Yeah. He's like, can I be honest with you? And I was like, um, sure. He's like, I'm not looking for things serious right now. And I, I just thought it was so funny because it's so presumptuous to say to a female who, so he was 30, I'm 33. Mm-hmm. And like, I, it, I took it as like, oh, I'm 33. Like you think you're making all these huge assumptions about me, you know, that I'm going to like force you to get married. And like, I don't know, it just seemed like, so like, he was like, and I was like, oh, you're in luck. Like, I, I'm not trying to trap you. <laughs> Did you end up going out with him? Oh no. I mean, I thought that was like, it's for me now, now it's like, oh, that's a red flag. Just because if somebody's already saying that, you know, it's not really good. Yeah. Seriously. I see. I feel differently about that. I feel like if someone says upfront, honest with me saying like, Hey, I'm not looking for anything serious. Then I'll be like, Oh, Hey, like, thanks so much for being honest with me, but I actually am. Um, but thanks. Thanks for the quick talk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I, I asked him what he, I asked, I said, like, I was like, oh, do you, do you do that? Do you say this to everybody? And he's like, and then I found out like through three or four more exchanges, he was like, oh, I'm moving. And I was like, okay, that would be a much easier way to say to somebody like, hey, I'm leaving soon. Um, so like, you know, versus like just saying that it can, you can come to so many other conclusions from that initial comment that he made. Um, if he was just more honest. So I said like, why don't you just say that in the future? You'll be way better way better yeah did you think it was just a little bit I'm guessing you thought it was like more abrasive when he said that to you yeah I took it as more like I mean just from like the context of like dating in my mid-30s now like yeah people then people make a lot of assumptions and they get lots of messages about you know they just make these sweeping generalizations about um you know they think that like we all are trying to have babies right now we're trying to lock them down and get married and you know there's just like oh and they they basically always feel like the narrative is that we're always um just putting so much pressure on the men yeah and and so I just was like that's just too much yeah time for that yeah no I understand why you felt that way I do think you're, you're not wrong that there sometimes is that generalization that all women who are in their 30s want to settle down and have babies because it's it's funny because I'm kind of one of those women but I mean I am too but the difference (laughs) is is that I don't think it's I don't think it's effective to lead with that yeah like I so I want all those things but I don't like show my cards like that and I don't I don't like um I don't like lead with that because I haven't found it ever resonates well with men yeah I also think it has to be a barrier thing. And I've also started to wonder if it depends on like where you live. And we can talk about dating in the Bay Area specifically and how those men are in just a little bit. But I think it just doesn't resonate with men because they're just simply not on the same page as you. And I think that's why it doesn't resonate well with them because it's like, oh, I still want to be young and youthful and travel the world. Like eye rolling because literally that's every guy in San Francisco. <laughs> but pretty much, <laughs> I think I think that's why I think it just has to do with their maturity levels and what and they just simply don't know what they want. But if you're just I've I actually have upfrontly said my intentions is like, hey, I am looking for a serious relationship because there's that prompt that says, let's make sure we're on the same page about dot dot dot. And I say intentions. I just want to get it out of the way. I I just am the kind of woman who has no time to waste. And I don't 
think it comes off as abrasive. I just think it's like, hey, I'm just a woman who knows what she's looking for. I want to respect your time. I want you to respect my time and just not bother matching with me because I would like to end my single streak of over nine years of being single. I'm very (laughs) much ready for love again. And I want to find that. I believe I deserve that. And I've actually had guys positively reply back to that prompt saying, hey, I respect that a ton. Um, I am also looking for that as well. Now, I don't necessarily match with them because I, I personally just didn't find them attractive enough. But it's like I respect those who are upfront with their intentions. And I have had guys positively respond back to me when I've asked them what they're looking for and what their intentions are before even agreeing to meet up. And guys are like, wow, a woman's never asked me that before. I I really like that you're being so upfront here. And I said, yeah, no, not a problem. And I then had a guy say, well, I'm on sabbatical until the end of December. So I'm not really looking for anything serious. And I said, okay, thank you so much for being honest with me. I appreciate it. But unfortunately, we're not on the same page as I've been single for a very long time. And I am looking for a relationship that maybe could potentially turn into something more later down the road. And he said, okay, yeah, we're definitely on the wrong page. We wished each other well. And that was that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I don't, I don't take any offense to it. Yeah. It can be discouraging when someone says they're um, not on the same page as you, but I try to make it clear in my profile, but I've also learned that not everybody reads the profile and that's frustrating. So I just assume that people are not reading my profile. And I say, Hey, just to make sure, I don't know if you got a chance to read my profile, but this is what I'm looking for. And I would just want you to be honest and, and let me know, are you looking for a serious relationship? Are you looking for something for more casual and I just let them answer the question. And then some guys have not given me any response. And that is my response. Yeah, that's a response. I think it works in my opinion. And it's just really saved my ass from getting hurt now. Yeah. And like that, it's also just a tricky thing too, because like dating inherently, it's like, if you're going to date, there's always the, you know, potential to get hurt. And sure. it's kind of just like the, you know, the price of entry to get in. Yeah. And it's, it's this roller coaster ride that we're on, but like at least hopefully one day we'll get off it. I'm excited to get off this roller coaster eventually. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think I always go into every single situation that I encounter um, knowing like there is potential risk to get hurt after this if it doesn't go well. But it's like I've dealt with so much hurt and rejection. I can handle it. I might need some time to like process and grieve. But I will get back up on the horse and I won't give up. And I think after that experience with that Australian guy that I dated for two months that I mentioned earlier, it took me around a month to kind of grieve and and move on. I did take a break from dating for a couple months after that because I knew that I just was not in emotionally good headspace to date. And I believe if you're going to date, you need to be in a good headspace to do it. Otherwise, it's going to severely impact your partner, right? So I wanted to just clear my head, focus back on myself again. We're still in a pandemic. And once I was ready to see other people again, I reactivated my apps, got back on the horse again and went back on the ride. And that's all you can do. Oh yeah. And like you said, it's like all about your headspace and how you show up. And um, like, I've been doing a bunch of my first dates at the same bar because I always know that if I wear the same outfit, and the same bar, like I choose it, I'm going to have a good time either way. So even if the date sucks, which a couple of them have, yeah. I know like, I'm like, okay, well, 
it's going to be the Rebecca show a little bit and I'm going to have a good time. And then I always like plan something to do afterwards again, um, which has been a nice little uh, a tip for everybody out there so that it doesn't ruin your night if it, it's a bad date. Yeah. Wait, so you wear the same outfit and go to the same place for every single first date? Yes. No way. Oh my God. No, tell me more. Like, where do you wear <laughs> and where do you go? Um, so, well, in the old times I would, I had like my, <laughs> I would go, I would literally, there were a couple, depending on where people were, like there was a, a couple like wine bars in the mission that I would go to like, um, mission cheese. I don't know if you know, mm, but yeah. Mission like cheese really is great. Yeah. And then there was one, a couple on Polk that, um, Amelie, and then there was one other one. I would like rotate like three okay depending on where people lived but like I basically like the bartenders would know me and I would just want the same out like my first day outfit and um I always knew that I was going to feel super confident in it and it wasn't like anything special I just like you know it was like cute jeans top like boots and I don't know cute jacket yeah um and then I always knew I was going to have a good time I always knew what like apps I was going to ask to order and it was like pretty much hedging my bets that I was going to have a good time and then you could kind of just insert or like I would tell myself, okay, I'm going on a date Thursday happy hour and I have dinner like right after with a friend. So like, I'd always just like fill that slot and like looking at it less about the person and more of just like, I'm going, it's kind of like getting your reps in and working out. It's like, I need to just keep going on dates and the more dates you go on, the less you're kind of focusing on any one person. And then you can start kind of like seeing it more objectively. And that's so I'm trying to get back to now again. It's a little harder. Yeah. Your thing. Have um, I know San Francisco is starting to ease on their restrictions. They're in the orange tier now, correct? So that means indoor dining's open again. Yes, and I haven't done that, but I've been doing outdoor dining. Okay, gotcha. That's really funny that you have like this set in stone plan with the same outfit. That's so funny. When I first started off dating in San Francisco, it was always like drink dates. Now I've just kind of transitioned out of drink dates because I don't like drink. It's not that I don't like drinking alcohol on the first date. It's more of the fact that I've had a lot of guys just get drunk on me. And I just don't understand what is men's obsession with alcohol. They're Mm. all so obsessed with drinking. And so I tried to redirect them to get coffee instead. So we're both sober because it just in case like maybe we do want to go back to each other's place afterwards. It's like I want them to be sober and not under any kind of influence, even if they're just tipsy. I just yeah. don't want them to do anything stupid. So I prefer if we just do something more lighthearted and safe. An exception to that rule is let's do something that involves you like going on a picnic to Golden Gate Park or Dolo and cracking open a bottle of wine and having food. Cause a lot of these guys want to go to a bar where there's no food. And I'm like, okay, if we're going to drink, no, I, I want to there have, to be yeah, food. I have to have snacks. Yeah. I have to have snacks. I have to have a meal because I'm a lightweight. If I have two glasses of wine, I'm not going to be feeling my best. Like alcohol oh, yeah. just no. simply doesn't, af- it, it's affected my body. Like I'm not 21 anymore. Mm-hmm. I can't handle my liquor like I used to. <laughs> oh yeah. Everything uh, causes a hangover at this point. <laughs> yeah. And Again, guys have been very respectful of saying, okay, we can get coffee instead. No big deal. Or if I want to make the date a little bit more interesting, I'm all about creative first dates. I just am so over. Let's grab a drink, 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 drink. And I'm thinking, how about not? Let's do something fun. Like, let's go on a hike. Let's go on a picnic. Let's do something that's really engaging. And then maybe after that activity, then we can go get a drink. Yeah. That's another exception. But I want to do something that's actually fun. So yeah. I have thankfully, again, had guys who, res- 
responded very positively that I will say with all the guys that I've dated in San Francisco, even though they've none of them have worked out, they haven't been shitty human beings. That's good. Yeah, I, I usually will also set a time limit for myself where like, even if I'm having the best time ever, like after two hours, like either way I'm going and then I can set up a second date or whatnot. That way I'm not like overextending my own kind of limitations, if that makes sense. Yeah. So while we're on the topic of like experiences with dating in the Bay Area, why don't we go ahead and dive a little bit more into that? Because as you may know, dating in San Francisco is a hot ass mess. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I, I, I've heard it's pretty hard a lot of places. I think San Francisco is like uh, definitely a difficult beast to say the least. It is. Uh- <laughs> I think if there's anything that I've experienced in San Francisco, there's a lot of Peter Pan syndrome from both men and women. I think people are just too career oriented and don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with loving your job and wanting to be successful. I think the struggles and the frustrations that I have with the men is that they like to flex their wealth, especially on dating apps. And as I mentioned earlier, when I was like rolling my eyes, how guys say they've quit their job to travel. I find it to be very tone deaf. I think it's a flex on their wealth because not everybody can afford to quit their job and go to Southeast Asia or backpack Europe. That's literally what they all say. If I just see any more Burning Man pictures and pictures of men in Southeast Asia traveling and... Or Machu Picchu in Peru. Yeah. I, I cannot. I cannot. It's like everyone has been to Machu Picchu or has gone to Thailand except me. I can't afford to travel. Trust me, I would love to go to Australia, New Zealand, Paris, and Prague. Those are like the four top countries on my list that I are cities, countries that I want to go to on my list. And I can't do it because all the jobs that I had in San Francisco just did not pay me a livable wage. Now I have a job that does pay me a wage that I could afford to live in in San Francisco. But right now I'm trying to save money because again, was severely affected by the pandemic. But I feel like men are judging me for not how well-traveled I am. And that's not fair because I just don't make a six-figure salary. And I feel kind of embarrassed that I can't keep up with a man's financial income. And that's made me very insecure. And I'm kind of curious to know about your thoughts on that. How do you think that men's traveling has kind of affected you in any kind of way? I mean, not the traveling. I think... Like, I feel like when I've seen a lot of profiles where they're like, you have to be down for camping and traveling and like, you have to keep up with my lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. And those are all, I mean, everyone likes to travel. Everyone yeah. likes, and like, if, if some guy wants to go camping, like, I'm not the biggest camper in the world, but like, you can go camping and then I'll be here and they can come back and we can hang out. Like, you don't have to do every activity together. Like, I think it's okay. You don't have to, I don't think share. I think having the shared values is way more important than having exact activities that you must do together. I agree. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I volunteer with dogs, but I don't want the other person to go with me to volunteer with dogs. That's like my activity. So, you know, I feel like a lot of times it's um, like having those values and underlying like characteristics of the person. Um, And I think to your point, the guys who probably are really into their money and wealth and traveling, those probably are just not your guys in general. No. Yeah. And so, and that's how it manifests is like, that's, you don't want somebody who's super cocky and who's just like, and anybody who's judging you on that, like doesn't, shouldn't be in your life. Absolutely. 
And it also makes me wonder that they probably don't even want something serious because if they're going to be traveling all the time, they're never going to have time for me. And I sure as hell know that they're not going to invite me to Peru or to Thailand with them. They're not going to want me to go with them because they want to do all the solo traveling and be on their own. And it's like, well, what's the point? Yeah, I think they're almost just like, it's an easy kind of probably assumption to make that when you see those people on the apps to be like, okay, they're probably not my kind of person. Yeah. Uh, And that's a generalization, but I've noticed just in general, like the ones who are saying that they're always nomadic, digital nomads on apps. I'm always like, okay, well, that's a, like, I'm not a digital nomad. So yeah, probably not going to partake in that. Um, And it's just kind of your own preferences and learning kind of um, to read between the lines. But honestly, the dating apps are a really hard way to, get a good pulse on somebody like most of the people that seem like they're totally normal that I've met met up with they're they're not totally normal at all um and it's and that's why that's why I'm like a big proponent of meeting people in real life because it's a way better (laughs) indicator like okay I've seen this person I saw I saw how they interacted with the bartender they were really nice they were you know you could just you get a good gauge on somebody but the dating apps I mean it's a free for all. Like you can, yeah. you can make it, you can have somebody else write your profile and like, you're really funny. And like, who knows who's like ghostwriting the messages. And then you get to the date and it's like, Oh, that's not the same person. Yeah. Have you found any ways to meet people organically in San Francisco at all? Oh yeah. I mean, I used to do that. I used to get, so basically before the pre COVID times, uh, the old timey times, I used to basically barely use the apps because I would just meet people in real life and I would go up to people on the street like on my lunch I would just give myself challenges so I'd be like I'm gonna give up my phone number to like somebody at lunch no so way I that's awesome yeah. I just like I tapped this one guy on the shoulder I was like hey like I thought you were attractive here's my number like, let's <laughs> I love go it. and he's like I'm engaged but like that was like the best thing ever and then he like walked away with like a little pep in his staff and like either way you're making someone's day and, like, I really want to <laughs> I really want to bring that back because I felt yeah. like it but I got so many of my dates that way. Like I, you know, a couple of guys that I dated for like longer periods of time were that way because I was also self-selecting these people who I saw how they behaved and like operated in the world. And then yeah. there I was choosing and it's way better, I think, to be an active chooser versus like taking whatever passively comes your way. Because usually I, at least for my personal success rate, it's quite low. But yeah. when, I'm, when I'm like at a bar and I'm like that guy, that, that's who I want to go out with. And then- and then I go out with them and it's like, oh, and then they, they like it too. Cause no one does that. Yeah. Like every single time they've been like shocked. And I know some of my friends, they were like, Rebecca, like, that's so like the guy's the hunter. I was like, first of all, we need to get over that. Like that. Yes. It's like a complete lie that we've been spoon fed. That's not true. And you yeah. should all read. If you have guys haven't read, um, make, make your move by John Berger. And he even like, re- my friend said to me and she was like, you need to read this book. Cause it's like everything that you already do. And I was like, yes. And it's like basically saying like that we need to take more of an active choice in our dating lives and then uh-huh. have way higher success rates. No, that's awesome. I, I think that's incredible that you are making moves and you are not afraid to be confident and just go up to guys and ask them for their number or to engage in a conversation. I'm not opposed to doing that. I just have never really found like a good opportunity to do that in SF because I feel like the places that I go to that would, I guess, have men available in my area is my job or the gym. 
Oh, gym is great. I was gonna say work is trickier. But the um, gym is kind of like where I actually don't want to approach people because I think for me personally, and you are allowed to disagree with me, it's totally okay. <laughs> but I think the gym is just not an acceptable place to pick up dates. I think the only exception maybe is if you're doing a workout class together, because that's more of like a social group activity. But if someone is there to lift weights, get their cardio done, whatever they need to do at the gym, I just assume that nobody wants to be disturbed when they go to the gym. I know I don't like to be disturbed when I'm going to the gym. Like the only time I want someone to disturb me is if they're asking me, Hey, how many more sets do you have left on a machine? But it's like, I go to the gym because I am just trying to get my workout done and then I get out of there and I just need to to focus. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't think any guy would complain if you on your way out were like, Hey, like, here's my number. Let's grab a drink sometime. I I feel like it's, it's like takes two seconds and I've done it. I've done it at the gym. I've given my number out at the grocery store. I've done it on my lunch break in a park. I've done it at Giants games. I'll do it pretty much anywhere. I've done it in my building where I live. Um, <laughs> like I have no shame at this point. Like it's kind of a game at this, you know, just trying to keep my, like, just even just social skills up. But like, it's like, it's so harmless. And like, I think you're only going to make someone's day. And I don't see it as like, you're bothering somebody. I, I, I see it. Like I usually will do it when I'm leaving. Like I'll leave a bar or I'm leaving um, I'm usually on the way out. And so it's like a quick exchange. It's not like, oh, I'm like lingering here and I have to like awkwardly like stand. Like it's yeah. kind of like, oh, like I'm uh, I'm leaving. I'm busy, but like, here's my number if you want to ever meet up. Yeah, no, that's great. I was actually about to ask if you had like a step-by-step plan for anyone who's listening that wants to bring back this method that we have kind of forgotten about. What would you say are the best steps to take to do this? Yes, okay. So step one, get a piece of paper and- like I have these little post-its right here. So I'll just okay. like write my name and my number on like six of them. And I make them like, just fold them all in half. And then every day I just put one in my pocket. So also just walking around with your phone name and phone number, you actually feel like pretty confident because you know at any moment you can give out your phone number to anybody. And like you, like you have the power that you can make somebody's day better. Um, and by telling them that they're attractive and that you like would want to hang out with them. And then just, yeah, practicing like it's very low stakes like the worst thing they could say is no right. literally no one said no to me ever and I've done this a lot really that's awesome yeah. and even the one guy who was engaged Gage. he still was like happy as a clam <laughs> uh, and but like I've gone out with like the giant's um mascot I met him at a bar that way no way yeah and then he surprised me and my friends at another, another giant's game and took a picture with us in the bleachers um and like, you just never know who you're going to meet. And it's like, you get all these cool um, experiences that you never would normally. And it's also just creating new, I don't know, just, it's always amusing. Like, I just, why not? Like, it's such a low stakes situation. Like the worst, the worst thing yeah. is like nothing happens and then you never, like I've gotten so many texts um, from guys and they, they find the piece of paper in their pocket, like weeks later and they're like hey like can I still and I was like I have no idea who you are like I, I give my number out to everybody so I don't even know who. <laughs> like they think that because everybody thinks it's like really special which is I mean obviously like I'm not going like giving out a zillion people but um I'm not it, nothing's precious you know so it's not holding on to anyone and it's less about the outcome and more about just how you feel and it I think it builds a lot of confidence and I would yeah I really recommend doing it 
That's awesome. You know, now that I think about it, I actually had this situation pulled on me in Caltrain. So I was leaving San Jose at the Caltrain station. My, I have a friend who used to live there. And so I was visiting him. And so when I was ready to go back up to the city, I took the train and I met this guy on the train. We were just talking and he had given me his number. He did it the old fashioned way. Like I was ready to like pull out my phone and be like, here, give me your number. But he's like, no, 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 I'm doing old fashioned. So he like did the piece of paper thing and I lost his number, unfortunately, but at the same time, but unfortunately it wasn't actually the worst thing in the world because like it was nice. But the thing is like, he was also too young and he was just starting a bachelor's degree. And I'm like, look, I have a master's degree. I am like slowly hitting my thirties. I just don't think we're in the same place in my life. But I, here's the thing. I did appreciate it because the conversation, don't get me wrong, the conversation was good and everything. But based off everything he was telling me, we were just not in the same place in life. And I don't know. I don't like to date younger men at the same time. Fair. Yeah. So, but again, I appreciated how he went about it though. Um, I, I do give him an A for effort. <laughs> yeah. I mean- and like you have a net net positive experience when you look back on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was definitely a positive experience. Um, so kind of glad I lost the number, but sort of sad I <laughs> lost it at the same time. Do you have any like crazy dating stories from some of your dates in San Francisco? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> let's think. Well, the craziest one that comes to mind was I, was, I went to a comedy show a year and a half ago on balance the night before valentine's day mm-hmm. and the comedian was like funny and he was kind of uh, making fun of me in the show and so then he like made a comment like in the show like oh like i'll have to like come meet you afterwards or like i'll he's like do you have a date tomorrow or something and so like during the show and i was like oh no i don't and then anyways he like came up to me afterwards i gave him my phone number and then he's like oh come to my show another night and i was like i thought he would like ask me out not like go to another show but then Aww. I think like my friend and I went to another show, but it was like the exact same like set that he'd done the night before. So it was like, I, it was fine. But then we went out on a real date, but I didn't really know anything about him at all besides that he was a, a local comedian. That was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get, we go to this date and he first, first of all, I find out he has like a 19 year old son, which I did not know about, which was like fine, but just didn't know. And then- he started just saying really crazy stuff like I wasn't sure if he was using me for comedic like for like a future sketch yeah yeah. because he was just saying like that he like I mean it it got really so fast forward to him saying that he had like guns under his uh, bed and he wanted to like take down democracy and like burn it to the ground and it was all this really crazy stuff and he was saying, I mean, it was just getting really dark and really weird. Mm-hmm. And at what point I like stood up and I was like, I think I'm going to leave. I, this has been really weird. And of course, like, <laughs> and then, I've never like left a date before, but I was so flustered and it was so, unco- he was like, oh yeah, he at one point was yelling at me about something. I they actually oh. I, like, really blocked most of this. this is like a terrible story, but he, I blocked a lot of it out apparently. So anyways, I'm like getting my, I like, I came from work and I also came from the gym before that. So I had like so many bags. So I was like picking up all my bags and trying to leave. And then I was like super flustered. And then I forgot my cell phone. So then he like awkwardly brings me my cell phone 
And then I tried to like pay, I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna pay for my half of the drinks. But then I was so flustered that I handed the bartender my like BART card and not, she was like, this is not, <laughs> not money. And I was like, oh no. And I, so then I paid and then I just like literally scurried away. Um, but it was like probably the most, uh, it was like a very traumatic date. And I feel like I'm not yeah. even probably doing it justice. Uh, but we were at that, the Tiki bar in Tenderloin. It's an underwater themed one. So we like in this weird little like cave area. Anyways, mm-hmm. it was like a bit quite, and I actually just saw a thing. I got like, I was selling our email and I saw that he's like doing another show and I'm like, please stay far away. And then I told my friend who's a comedian afterwards, I was like, oh, I went out with him. She's like, Rekka, like you should have asked me. He's horrible. And I was like, oh, oops. <laughs> but it's like you learned and now you're like, oh yeah, I know he's horrible. I did it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like, man. yeah. I can vouch for that for sure. Oh, but no. I'm quite open-minded with who I'll go out with. And so I never try to like set any artificial limitations. So with that comes more high risk and also way crazier stories just in general. Yeah. But- I, I think I've been lucky enough to not have any ridiculous bad dates. I mean, I definitely have had bad dates, but they weren't like any horrible stories. I think the worst one, which isn't even really all that bad. So a couple of weeks after I had gotten fired from a job in November, 2019, I did a speed dating event in Knob Hill. I was curious to, to try it out. Cause I did one when I was living in Kentucky and I do the speed dating event and none of the guys were good looking for one thing, but there was this one guy that I was interested in maybe going on a date with. Cause I had like at least the best conversation with him. And keep in mind, the age range was like 26 through 35 or something like that. Okay. And so we decided to go on a date. So we went to Tony's Pizza in North Beach. Oh, yeah. And yeah, a great spot. And found out that he was a 40-year-old man. So I was 20. I was 20. No, I was 28 at the time. And I was like really uncomfortable by that but then after the date ended I was just like you know Alana it's not the fact that he was 42 that made you uncomfortable it's just the fact that you had zero connection with this man you weren't even attracted to him because then the the date was just like really awkward like I was just really uncomfortable I mean like we tried to have a conversation and sure yeah I did get a free pizza out of it so that was something but oh my god just Finding out that he was not even in the age range like I thought he was. Apparently, he said that he went to the wrong event because the one for his age range was after. Uh, That could explain it. But I was just like, oof. Well, you know what? It is what it is. I mean, you know, it kind of makes a funny story. And again, I got a free pizza out of it. But (laughs) that's definitely like one of the most uncomfy dates I had. Yeah. And then um, I've just had some dates where men just basically treat the date like a job interview and oh, yeah. you just don't get any kind of connection out of it. And then I had one other guy that I went out with on a weekday and we went to a coffee shop at night after work in the sunset right by the beach. I don't know if you've ever been to Java Beach Cafe, but really cute place. And so I was looking forward to this date and he just ended up not being like what he thought he was. He had this whole sales bro mentality where he likes to drink a lot and I was just so uncomfortable. And it's funny, towards the end of the date, 
he was telling me about this one girl who rejected him and basically her words were along the lines of I didn't feel it emotionally sexually physically mentally (laughs) and I'm like and I'm like sitting here biting my teeth and I'm thinking I feel this girl too I'm thinking the exact same thing and I just tried not to say anything (laughs) and I was just hoping that like he would never contact me I was ready to fizzle I, I just wanted to fizzle it out yeah and he kept contacting me and I remember when we had the really bad fires um, that year and I got very sick from the smoke and he had asked me if he wanted me to, if we could grab dinner. And I said, Hey, I'm actually really sick from the fires maybe next time. And then he had reached out to me one more time about maybe meeting up after Thanksgiving. And then I just said, okay, Alana, just be honest, just tell him you're not interested. So I told him how I wasn't interested. I just didn't feel a connection. But I said, you know, thank you for reaching out a couple of times after the date. That's been very nice of you. And he had his read receipts on and he just didn't reply back. And I knew that he read. And so that says a lot about his character that he probably can't even take rejection well. Yeah. So, Thanks. yeah, um, I think those are probably like the only bad stories. I mean, there have been times where I've had to reject men. And then I think there have probably been four cases in SF where men have rejected me after a couple of dates. And it's fine. I think one that made me, other than the Australian guy, another one that made me a little bit bummed was this guy that I had been seeing for like two weeks. He had told me that he had wanted a serious relationship and he had never had a girlfriend before. And I said, okay, that's fine. And so I could see like the connection fading after the third time we met. And he spent the night with me. And so I, I one thing I liked about this guy is that he likes to watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. And so- <laughs> During this time, it was Becca's season of The Bachelorette. And I thought maybe that Monday we could watch The Bachelorette together because like it could be a fun way to just spend time with one another and we could drink some wine and hang out. And he goes, maybe we'll see. And so I didn't see that as a red flag because when a guy says like, maybe we'll see, it means like, no, thank you. And they're just trying to be nice, right? So then later that night, he texted me saying, hey, Alana, I get the idea that you're looking for something a little bit more serious and I don't want to mislead you. So with that being said, I think it's best that we don't watch The Bachelorette tomorrow. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? You literally told me that you wanted a relationship. And I told you the exact same thing in the get- from the get-go. Like, I made it very clear to you right from the beginning of what I was looking for. Um, so that pissed me off. And I, I, I shed a few tears. I got over it the next day. But I was so mad and hurt by that. Yeah, dating. It's like the Wild West. People, I don't know. I don't know. Here we are. Yeah. I think there are a lot of learning lessons when it comes to being single and what it's taught us. I would like to know a little bit more about what being single has taught you first. Yeah. um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is just like how to like come into my own and like be like just like a fully fledged like human, like not like, I guess, like, strength and just confidence and inner, like, like, I feel like I have enough sturdiness, like, of a tree that it's not, things don't affect me the way that they used to, where, like, I'm not going to be broken if somebody doesn't call me back, or, like, I, I have enough direction, and also just, I have enough that I've built on my own for, like, my own life and my friends, family, and, like, things that I care about that, um, like I see it like dating as like a bonus. And then if I can mm-hmm. find somebody who I like to hang out with, but like, it's not, I'm going to be like forever. There's something like incomplete about me. It's more like finding somebody who I can like 
vibe with and that it's like going to add value to my life. And I think that that took me a long time to get here and then maintaining that also. Yeah, I think that's great. I think for me, it's taught me a lot of how to be more patient. And again, also learning like how to find myself into gain more confidence. I think taking rejection was something that I really had to learn and to just not take things personally when somebody rejects you because it's almost never about you. It's about them. I've never had a guy and something with me because it was something that I did unless if he was lying to me, but I don't like to blame my dating mistakes on men, even though I will say a good time. It has been on the guy, but I have also accepted that there have been things that I've done on my end that are also not okay. I've made mistakes. I've hurt guys. I've made a whole YouTube video on like men that I've hurt and how I've poorly handled situations when it came to dating. And I'm not proud of those. So I'd be lying if I said it was never something I did because there were definitely things that I have done and I had to hold myself accountable. So learning to take accountability when needed was something that I learned. And then I think the biggest thing is that it is 100% okay to being single and there is nothing wrong with you. I think for the longest time, I always felt like there was something wrong with me for being single. And don't get me wrong, from time to time, being single can put me down. And I know sometimes when you get rejected on the spot, your sense of value and worth feels a little shot at first, but then you know how to just slowly pick those pieces back up together. And you're like, okay, I had a weak moment for a second. Now I'm back ready to go. And I think it's okay to like recognize your feelings and to be vulnerable. Oh yeah. And I would say too, like something else that I've learned is that you can take something away from every date. Like yes, you can learn, you can practice different things. Like you want to practice asking questions. You want to practice being a good listener. You want to practice like um, just being really interested in what someone else is talking about. Like you can work on all these tools and like, like, you know, life skills that we need. And you can also like, either way you're meeting some cool person going to like a cool bar and like having it, like find something good in every single one. Cause there is something like there's always a silver lining and there's always, yes. like, and it's also just, I always say like, I'm going to go on a thousand dates. I'm like, do I want to go on a thousand dates? No, but like, it takes the pressure off of each date. Like this is like, this is going to be the date that I find my husband. Like that is just like, not a fun way to operate from. Yeah. But if I'm like, I'm going to my favorite bar and I'm wearing my favorite outfit, I'm going to like meet a new person. Like, we'll see what happens and then go from there. And like, either way, it's like, I, I've already built in things that I like. And then I'm going to go, meet somebody hopefully who's cool and then just go from there. Yeah. I think that's a great mindset. I think there definitely used to be a point in my life where I would go on a first date with a guy thinking that, Oh, is he going to be my next boyfriend or not? Will be, will he be the one to break my streak of being single for this long? Now I've learned to just kind of go with the flow and to see where it will go. I mean, of course, like I, I still know what my, what I want, but I think for me, I've had to stop looking at every guy that I go on a date with, with a relationship being the end goal. I think for me, the end goal is happiness in a way, or just having fun and them being my new partner is the bonus to all of that. If that makes any kind of sense. Yeah. I love that. I think that's, that's like, if the goal is a relationship, like that, the, the hard start, the hard stuff starts once you get in the relationship. Cause then you have to like stay in the relationship and make it work. You know, like it's yeah. a whole new ball game once that happens. So like, if, 
if it's like looked at as like an achievement, like I don't, I try not to think about it in those terms either because it's not an achievement. Like I have so many friends who are dating people, no offense to their boyfriends, but like, I don't want any of their boyfriends. I'm not like, oh, if I just had that one guy, like my life would be set, you know? And I think that's a good way to operate because it's not like out of jealousy. It's like not settling. It's just, we haven't found our people. And like, there's no timetable on that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So now it's like, just relax and breathe. I think for me, I personally don't like dating multiple people at once. I really just want to give one person a chance. Like, I I know we should say we should never put all of our eggs in one basket, but I would rather just take my time with one person just because I can't juggle two to three men at once. I just, I can't do it. If I start going on dates with somebody after I've matched with them, I'm going to give you a chance to see what can happen from it. Have fun with it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's okay. But for me, I'd rather do it one at a time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Do you do multiple people at once or do you want to do it one at a time? I mean, it really depends. Like the pandemic, it makes it pretty much impossible to yeah. <laughs> see multiple people at the same time. That's um, fair. But yeah, before I would just go on a bunch of dates, like, I mean, a lot of the times, unfortunately, it was like that I didn't like the person back. That's um, fair. Yeah. So, so like I would kind of, I was going on a lot more first dates just because I wasn't like vibing with a lot of people. And the the weird part is too, is like a lot of times I always feel like it's kind of mutual. Like we're both like, when I leave a date, I'm like, oh, like it's clear that we're having a good time or it's good or not. But then for the ones that they are, that I think are not going well, they always seem to think that they're going really well, which is like always so interesting. I'm like, what, <laughs> like what date were you on? Um, yeah. But I also think maybe I am get, like, I am a little bit good at a first date, which is like not a good thing. <laughs> um, so it's like, I don't know. It's like always up. Oh, like, sorry, my cat. It's okay. Cat it's my, I'm, I'm again, I am so surprised my cat is actually <laughs> Buster's like, yeah. Buster's like, yeah. He's like, Rebecca, I've seen a lot of your dates. So <laughs> that's his name. Buster. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah, after- my cat's name is Elsa. <laughs> oh, it's cute. I think everything you said totally makes sense. And I, yeah, there, I think there've been a lot of situations where I just simply just don't like the person. And as it's been mentioned before, you're not going to like everybody that you meet and they're going to be people who don't like you and that's okay. Yeah. So like wrap things up really quick. I kind of wanted to know, so where are you now with, in terms of dating, are you seeing anyone now? How have you been feeling regarding being single during this pandemic? Anything else you'd want to share? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been a journey and it's been interesting because I've definitely gotten a lot more dates from doing the podcast, which I thought would be like a terrible way to get dates because I'm like, oh, doing a dating podcast. But for some reason, it's like oddly gotten me. I don't like tell people on dating apps that I have a podcast, but like- Really? You don't? No. Um, But people like who listen to the podcast or like somehow found it, like they like will then shoot their shot and I'm like, oh, why not? Um, And- yeah, I mean, I'm not like dating anybody right now, but I'm going on lots of dates and they make for very interesting stories. And um, I definitely have definitely come into my own, like I was saying before, like where it's not, I don't see it as a liability. I see it as like a, a blessing to be, a, um, I don't know, just I see so many people who are stuck in relationships that they don't enjoy, that they're like, too afraid to get out of. And there's always somebody else. Like I like that mentality for myself 
as a single person, like I'm always going to have somebody else that I can find a connection with. And if you're stuck in a terrible relationship, like it, I find comfort in knowing, oh, there's going to be somebody else. So like, you don't have to stay in something that's not serving you well, because there will be somebody else. And that abundance mentality, I think, um, goes a long way. Yeah, totally. And now that I've been in Portland for almost two months, I've noticed that dating here is a little bit different. I've noticed that guys on the apps actually take the time to reply back to your prompts, at least with like on Hinge. Mm. I think people are just a little bit more straightforward in like what they want or just describing themselves. I've just seen better profiles. I'm not seeing the same basic shit that I see in San Francisco, (laughs) which is really nice and refreshing. So right now I actually have been talking to someone. It's been going really well. I really like this person's energy. I thought I was only going to be in Portland for like four months and then I was going to move back to San Francisco. Basically, I was thinking that I wasn't looking for anything serious because I wasn't going to be in Portland for that now that long. And I told him that, but I've also changed my mind into staying into Portland a lot longer. And I've kind of like told him how I'm staying in Portland longer now, but Right now, I'm just kind of enjoying the ride for the time being. We'll see how it goes. I'm just enjoying the ride for what it is. And I'm just not trying to put any kind of pressure on him. And if it comes to a (laughs) point where we need to have a conversation about intentions, then this is kind of where we will talk about it. Yeah, that's basically what's been going on with me in terms of dating in Portland. So fingers crossed. Yeah, keep us posted. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Rebecca, I have really enjoyed this conversation This has been so much fun to talk to you because I know I've been wanting to talk to you for so long about all stuff dating and being single. Oh, thank you so much. This was awesome. Absolutely. And guys, if you have any shameless unapologetic experiences that you want to share with me, feel free to email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com and be sure to follow us on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic. And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode. Bye.